Is this the Owens residence? I'm Mr. Belvedere. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere, and today I have for you a Kevin Owens episode. Um, Before I get into this episode, though, I do want to say that I'm going to kind of be mixing things up a bit. I don't know really how much time I'm going to have to devote to um, Mr. Belvedere, even though I'm only doing like two episodes a month, but I just have... You know, with Silver Spoons, The Wonder Years is wrapping up in December, and other things, so we're probably just going to have to pick Season 4 back up in the new year. Um, also, I think I'm going to be going back through episodes that I kind of passed over in Season 2 and 3, just for fun, and also Season 4. So it won't just be character-related episodes. I mean, I have some picked out, but there'll be other episodes as well. So you can look forward to that in 2019. But today's episode that I'm talking about is Season 4, Episode 1. This is the Season 4 opener entitled The (laughs) The Initiation, which aired on October 30th, 1987. And I really pray that this is not something that college fraternities do anymore because this is very cruel. College freshman Kevin decides to bring the ugliest looking girl to a party. This is downright cruel. The fact that Kevin would even stoop to something like that just to get in with either a fraternity or some crap is bogus. This episode was directed by Michael Zinberg, writers Frank Dungan and... A bunch of other people. (laughs) If it were one or two other writers, I'd, you know, but there's like five or six of them. So 7.8 out of 10 is the rating that users gave this episode on IMDb based on 17 ratings. There's no trivia for this episode. So, all right, let's just jump right into this. So, we open up the, the, we have the cold open here, it's in the kitchen, Belvedere is giving George his bowl of cereal, which is Lucky Charms. Okay, I can understand Belvedere, like, you know, making French toast, pancakes, you know, Belgian waffle, whatever. But George can't even get himself a fucking bowl of cereal like a normal human being? So, I mean, yeah, he's a, Belvedere's a housekeeper, I get it, he cooks, he cleans, and all that stuff. But it does not take a lot of effort to get a fucking bowl, put some damn cereal, put some milk, get a spoon, and sit down with it. That's like four or five steps. Sure, but I can't... I mean, I can see if you're making an elaborate breakfast for everybody and stuff, but come the fuck on, George. You are a lazy sad sack. Here we go, George. Your bowl of lucky charms. Ah, thanks, Belvedere. Where's all the marshmallows? In my cocoa. Morning. Morning, Kevin. Anything for breakfast? Well, thanks. I'm going to be late for school. Oh, listen. What, what do you think of the earrings? Too much? Not if you're one of the Marvelettes. What a kidder, huh? <laughs> And you were worrying about your marshmallows. 
Just a second, young man. You're not going out looking like that. That's better. Is this something I should know about? George is for his fraternity initiation. Yeah, they're not allowed to get us drunk or torture guys anymore, so now we do stuff like this. Oh, for a minute there, Kev, I thought maybe the cheese had fallen off your cracker. <laughs> Dad, don't worry. Anyway, I better get going. These panties keep riding up. See ya. Well, George is rifling through his lucky charms and realizes he doesn't have any marshmallows. Well, Belvedere says, well, I put them in my cocoa. Then Kevin comes in and Belvedere says, hey, do you want to sit down? I got you breakfast. Kevin's like, hey, I got no time. And then we really look at Kevin and what he's wearing. He's wearing a skirt and a um, shoulderless top and a wig and some earrings. He's dressed like a woman. And <laughs> oh, and Kevin says, hey, do you think these earrings are too much? And Belvedere's like, not if you're one of the Marvelettes, which I don't know who they are, but I don't even think there's any <clears throat> connections. Let me check. No, this episode, I guess, didn't have any connections. Anyway, and he walks past George, he's going into the living room, and George kind of is looking at him like, what in the world? And Marsha's coming down the stairs as Kevin's crossing into the living room, and she's like, young man, you are not going out of the house like this. And she goes and kind of straightens, like, the, the collar part on the, the shoulders, because it's kind of, it's a shoulderless type uh, shirt. And she's like, there you... I thought for a second she was going to, like, adjust his fake boobs or something. And George is like, what is going on here? Why are you dressed like this? And Kevin says, and I don't know if that's true today, because he says, well, it's for my frat initiation. Okay, so he is getting, trying to get into a frat. That's wonderful. They can't, like, beat us up or get us drunk anymore or what is that something to the effect where um like basically they can't haze you anymore like what so they can't like piss on you and make you eat their shit or whatever I, I don't know what the fuck they do during hazing but anyway <laughs> um so you're supposed to just dress up like a girl I guess Oh my goodness. And then as Kevin is getting ready to walk out the door, because he's, he's got his books, he doesn't want to be late for class, he he mentions about his underwear riding up his ass. Like, are you wearing your mother's, Heather's underwear or your mother's? Because he's got to be wearing, unless he's wearing, no, he'd be wearing women's underwear. He would not be wearing his boxers. I mean, it's not like anyone's going to look up his skirt or anything. I don't even think anything like this would go on nowadays, would it? Uh, I mean, I mean, unless you, I mean, you know what I mean, though. I mean, if you, if you want to, you know, they have, like, parties and stuff like that and whatnot, but. I just meant, like, frat initiations that you dress up like a girl and stuff. I don't know if that even applies anymore or. Oh, and George, of course, has to make a, a semi-gay joke about, oh, it looked like the, I was starting to think the cheese fell off your cracker. What the hell does that fucking mean? 
The cheese fell off your cracker? Like what, he lost his dick or something? I don't know. So we come out of the intro, and it sounds like it's raining outside. Belvedere's got a newspaper on his lap. He's kind of sitting down for a bit. And Wesley comes down. I think he's coming down with his accordion. So we get a reappearance of the accordion. That's cool. So I'm going to play this clip as Wesley goes by Belvedere, who's clearly napping in a chair, and he starts playing his accordion. And Belvedere is kind of just sitting there, just kind of like, almost in agony just hearing these tunes pour out of this accordion. I mean, he's not moving the accordion like the, um, like pulling it apart, pushing it together. I think he's mainly just, uh, doing the thing with the little keyboard on the side, little piano keys. So Wesley is kind of moving the accordion part of it just a little bit. And Mr. Belvedere wakes up and we get an applause. I don't think the show is filmed in front of a live studio audience, but because you hear like the applause kind of slowly fade away. So it's not real. Um, and it's just cool how they're bringing that back. Him playing the accordion. And also they bring the fact that, remember in the pilot episode, Wesley burped for the first time, he, and then, because he, he brings up that he wants to do this for the talent show, and Belvedere's kind of discouraging it, like, no, let, give everyone else's ears a break, they don't need to hear that, you're not really that good anyway. Um, so he says, well, is there anything you can do that isn't a bodily function? Because Wesley burps, like, you're not gonna burp out a song that's gross and he says what about um flame eating and wesley says the samoan kids already doing that so i can't do that and i do have a book on ventriloquism and belvedere kind of does this thing where he barely moves his mouth and words come out and wesley is absolutely floored like oh my gosh that is so cool how'd you do that and Belvedere says, oh, that's just a trick I picked up from Sherry Lewis when I was dating her. <laughs> that's a nice joke. Um, so, but Wesley's like, it's too hard. I don't really know if I can do it. But then 
Belvedere kind of throws his voice, and Wesley is like, hey, can you teach me how to throw my voice? And Belvedere's like, yeah, we can see if the rest of you, your yourself goes along with it. <laughs> it's kind of cute. So now we're going to the the frat house, and all the guys are dressed like women, and they look pretty bad. They look like they're all kind of keeping house. They're all cleaning up in the uh, living room quarters. So Kevin and all the other initiates find out from the head frat bro that he and his other pie brothers tell them we're going to have a Bowser ball, which is a party for the initiates. And they have to bring, quote-unquote, the ugliest girl you can find. This is so damn cruel. And I, I don't even think that Kevin really wants to go along with this. But I'm going to play this clip here. You guys have been such good sports. The brothers here at Phi to Pi have decided to reward you with a little party. Yeah. Great. I've already got a date with a football player. <laughs> uh, sorry, Owens, but you have to bring a girl. In fact, gentlemen, you have to bring a very special girl. Because this Friday is going to be Phi Hata's annual Bowser Ball. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Knock it off. And listen, if you guys expect to get into this place, we better see some primo pooches. <laughs> so, and the guy says that if you expect to get into this fret, you have to bring some really ugly girls. And Kevin, the guy leaves, and Kevin's like, what's he talking about? We're supposed to bring dogs? And then this guy, who's got this weird yellow frilly hat thingy, says, yeah, the kind on two legs. That is, oh my gosh. I know this is 1987, and we're still not progressed as far as we should be, but. Talking about, I mean, what, what are you supposed to bring a dog or something? Yeah, the kind with two legs. You see, you go and find the worst-looking girl on campus, and then you bring her to the dance. I think that's how my dad met my mom. <laughs> well, I'm not doing that. Oh, come on, Kev. Anyway, what, what are you supposed to do? Go up to some girl and say, Hi, you're pretty ugly. Want a party? <laughs> that's pretty good. Can I use it? I like that Kevin is definitely against this as his friend with the glasses tells him that, yeah, you're supposed to find the most unattractive girl at a party, uh, um, to ask to come to this party. So, and he makes, the guy makes a joke about, hey, I think that's how my dad met my mom. What the fuck is wrong with you? Now we go back to the Owens kitchen. We see Belvedere coming in. He's got, I think, donuts or cookies. So it's his day to shop. Whether it's for the Owens family or for himself, I don't know. Oh, I remember the puppet! The Mr. Belvedere puppet that Wesley makes. Because Belvedere is crunching on, I don't know whether it's a chocolate chip cookie or an oatmeal cookie. Because it just, the thing just says cookies on it. But <laughs> this is funny. I'm going to play this clip. Belvedere is so surprised to see this dummy that looked just like him. Maybe I'd like one. 
good, then I can leave. Hey, it's me. Why, Wesley, what a surprise. See, you said I should get a dummy that's funny and has lots of personality. And you have more personality than anybody I know. Oh, well, that's really flattering of you, Wesley. But I hope you can capture my considerable wit and charm. Oh, sure. Hey, guys. Who's a dummy? I was just about to ask the same question. Okay, so the bag of cookies actually says chunkies on it, so it probably means, like, cookies with big chocolate chips in them. And he looks at the dummy and says, who are you? And Wesley's like, I'm Mr. Belvedere. He's trying to pull off, a pot, like, Belvedere's English accent. Oh, and he's like, hey, maybe I'd like a cookie. Like, no, 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 no. Belvedere is like, his eyes are bugging out. It's like, what is this? Wesley, I'm scared. Belvedere's like, oh, good, then I can leave. Because Wesley's like, I'm Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> like, okay, well, you can take over the housework and uh, cooking and everything because I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and, of course, Wesley pops up like, no, it's just me, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> so, Mr. Belvedere kind of turns around from opening the door. And he's like, oh, Wesley, what a surprise. It is you. So, Wesley kind of explains why he's holding the dummy. He says, you should, you said I should get a dummy that's, fu- like, funny and has a lot of personality. And you're someone who's got the most best personality that I can think of. So, it's a really nice doll. I mean, the fact that even to think that he could create that is, wow. So, Mr. Belvedere is flattered. He's like, oh, that's very nice. I hope you can capture my wit and charm and... Wesley's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. George comes in, looks at Belvedere and Wesley with the dummy and says, hey, who's the dummy? (laughs) And, of course, Wesley takes on the Belvedere persona. He says, I was just about to ask the same question. (laughs) And George just kind of lightly chuckles at that. And Belvedere kind of turns to Wesley and says, hey, not bad there. All right, so the guy with the glasses... His name is Carl, and he goes up to Kevin, who's studying in the library, asks Kevin if he's found one yet. A sweat hog, a geek, a nerd at, or whatever, geek at, I don't know. And it's like, dude, what the heck? I don't think, Kevin is clearly not going to be going through with this. So, Kevin straight up says, I'm not doing this. And Carl's like, you want to get into this uh, uh, frat, don't you? And Kevin's like, yeah. Carol says, well, then you better find somebody to take. Like, yeah, let's throw this pressure. The, any frat that would ask you or want to require you to do something like this to get in their frat, Kevin, that is not a frat that you need to be a part of. Okay, so Kevin knows Carl from high school. Because Carl's like, well, I know you and I didn't exactly set the world on fire in high school. Like... They were kind of guys that just girls really weren't that interested. You, you always saw Kevin on the phone trying to get a date. But on the plus side, Kevin did get with a 30-something-year-old woman. So unless Carl did that, Carl's the low guy on the totem pole. Yeah, Carl's really putting the pressure on to Kevin. It's like, I'm not going to blow this. You do what you want. Then this lady who's shelving books, who looks like she's in her 50s or 60s, it's like, shh, 
This is a library, you know. And then Carl looks at her and he whispers to Kevin, I think I'm in love. So he goes up to... They want you to get a girl, a college-age girl, not some 50, 60-year-old woman who's either a widow or she's in a, been in a long-time marriage guy. You need to... This guy's a jerk. Kevin, why do you... Why are you friends with this dude? So, in comes in, um, carrying all these books, loaded down with books. This girl who's wearing a black and hot pink, looks like, it's not plaid, but it's, like, got a lot of different, like, shapes. And she's wearing overalls. She's got the big red 80s glasses that go all the way down to your cheeks. Um, she's got a headband that's got a, um... A red, uh, a red bow on it and everything, so, I don't, this girl's a sweet girl, I swear I've seen her in something else, but I'm gonna play this clip as, uh, she and Kevin get introduced. see this is a big table she puts just about every single book from every class that she has out on the table she puts a banana she puts a thermos maybe full of soup maybe a sandwich some other stuff she's she's unpacking her whole dorm room if she lives in a dorm out onto this table and then kevin's just kind of watching you know her not saying anything like he's kind of peeked interest a little bit because, you know, she does look kind of semi-frumpy with the glasses and the overalls and all that stuff. Um, and then she takes out a red highlighter and starts highlighting stuff in a textbook. And she's doing it, like, really slowly, dragging the highlighter across the page, making a <laughs> sound. And finally, the second time around, she looks up and looks over at Kevin like, oh, I'm sorry, is this bothering you? And he's like, oh, no, no, it's it's fine. And then, 
she looks at Kevin and she kind of recognizes him. Like, don't we have like a, a science class or something together? And then <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we do. And he's like, how do you do it? How do you, how do you do on that first test? And she's like, not good. I got a 97. And Kevin just looks at her like, Ooh. he's like, I, I got a 10. <laughs> Kevin did really bad. And she's like, well, I guess I won't ask you for your notes. <laughs> like, okay. Now we move back to the house. Wesley's got the Mr. Belvedere puppet. Quinn, you don't need to go into the bathroom. There's nothing in there for you. Leave it shut. Thank you. This cat, I shut the bathroom because she it's a small little bathroom. She does not need to go in there, but she's looking at it like she does. Here, let me shut it. Thank you, Quinny. There we go. Okay. Um, sorry about that. And now, as I said, we're back in the living room of the Owens household. Wesley's got that puppet. Heather's hanging out on the couch, probably flipping through a book or a magazine. Most likely a magazine. I'm playing this clip because this is just too funny. Whenever Heather's on the couch, she's always flipping through like a fashion or a beauty magazine. aware of this puppet because it definitely is not Mr. Belvedere actually talking to her so like he asks how's school and she's like fine he's like you doesn't sound fine and she says well there's this guy named Steve and we went out last week and you know we had a lot of fun but he hasn't called me I don't know why and Wesley, as Mr. Belvedere, says, Well, maybe next time you should wear a bigger paper bag. And <laughs> Heather reaches around like she's going to strangle the puppet, the, the um, Mr. Belvedere uh, dummy. And Wesley is already halfway up the stairs by the time she even comes close to grabbing at it. Like, oh, it wasn't me. Like, oh, Wes. So that's kind of, Wesley's thing is plot B. And this thing was, with Kevin is... Plot A. Um, it looks like it's just all in the same week, whether he and um, the girl, I forgot her name already, they've been studying together because he does apologize he, uh, for being late. He was stuck in the art class. <laughs> okay, the girl's name is Audrey. Now, I'm going to remember that. Um, there is... Has only been in this and the ultimate imposter. This is a TV movie from '79 where she played a character named Dominique. 
I thought she would have been in other things. But the the girl, this girl here that we'll see at the party who plays, I think she plays Gwen. She is really, wow. Because I guess she's like kind of a heavy girl a little bit. Wow, holy shit, is this Nancy Cartwright? Oh my gosh, is this Nancy Cartwright? Bart Simpson's voice? Holy shit. Holy shit. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Wait till we get to that scene. Oh. Sorry, I'm late. I got hung up in art class. Did it hurt? <laughs> um, anyway, I finished writing up our chemistry experiment. Here, I filled in your lab book, too. Come on, Audrey. How am I supposed to learn this stuff if you keep doing everything for me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm it next time. <laughs> Besides, we are lab partners. We're supposed to help each other. Right. Huh. What is it? Oh, nothing. Uh, well, I was just thinking of this girl, Wendy, I knew in high school. She used to give me her notes, too. Was she a girlfriend? Oh, no, no, no. Nothing like that. I mean, I did take her to the prom, but that's a long story. Can I remind you of her? Oh, no. Well, I mean, she was a real nice person, too. Well, well let's go. We're done. Oh, great. <laughs> hey, Owens. Haven't seen you around lately. Oh, hi, Dwayne. And who is this charming young lady? Oh, uh, Audrey Munson, Dwayne Bennett. Dwayne's one of the brothers at Phi Eta. Nice to meet you. I suppose we'll be seeing both of you at our little soiree this Friday? Oh, no, no, I'm not taking her. Oh? Personally, I don't think you could do any better. Uh, listen, well, okay, it's okay. I have to study anyway. Besides, you probably already have a date. No, I don't. Um, listen... I would have asked you, but it's just a stupid fraternity party. I mean, you know how they are. Fine. So, you want to go? Sure. Great. <laughs> so, apparently, uh, Audrey does remind Kevin of Wendy, if you remember. She was the heavyset girl that also wore glasses... That she had a thing for Kevin, and um, she apparently would do Kevin's work for him too. Not because he asked her, but because you know she was such a bright student that she just would kind of get carried away and do both. Audrey is kind of like this too. I don't think she has a crush on Kevin, but may maybe a little one. But um. Kevin just says, "Well, you remind me of someone, you know, um, Wendy and." that I, uh, in high school, she was my, uh, partner in some of my classes and stuff like that. And Audrey's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And Kevin's like, no, I mean, I, I took her to prom once, but that's a story for another time. Um, of course, they end up, you know, packing up their stuff from the library like it's time to go, and they run into that jerk of the fraternity, Dwayne something, and he's like, oh, are you, uh, this is your, uh, date that you're bringing to the frat party? 
And Kevin right away is like, oh, no, I'm not bringing her. Immediately you hear the audience go, ooh. As Audrey takes her glasses off, she feels bad. She feels embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm not good enough to be seen at a party. And he doesn't want to bring me. And But Kevin's feeling, you know, and he's saying, no, I'm not bringing her. As in, he knows what kind of party this is. He's not going to put her through that. So... And then Dwayne makes a thing about how, oh, well, you can't do any worse than her or something like that. Or you can't do, in your case, you can't do any better than her. So he leaves and Audrey makes up the excuse, well, I actually have to study and everything. So, um, yeah. Well, he's like, no, I don't, um, you wouldn't like this kind of party. I mean, you know how frat parties are. And she's like fun because she's probably heard that frat parties are big ragers people get drunk they get you know they hook up and everything and just have a fun you know a fun party and everything like that and kevin is feeling immense pressure he doesn't want to do this but he's probably thinking i really want to get into a frat so he asks her I feel so bad for this girl. I feel so, so bad for her and what's going to happen. Because I have seen this episode before when it was on reruns on television. And this just breaks my heart. Kevin gives in to the, the, the pressure. He, yeah. So I'm going to play this clip where it's morning time and Wesley's got the puppet. I don't know where Mr. Belvedere is. Because Wesley's got the Mr. Belvedere puppet. And Marsha and George come through the door. <laughs> and they're all like, hey, Mr. Belvedere. And it looks like Heather's making her way through the door there, too. So I'm going to play this clip. Morning, family. Good morning, Mr. Belvedere. Hi, big guy. <laughs> oh, great. It's Foamhead. Well, what's everybody in the mood for? Heather, how about a nice bowl of oatmeal? It'll match your complexion. Just shut Knock it off, Wes. You're going to be late for school. Okay. And apologize to your sister. I'm sorry, Heather. I didn't mean to call you an oatmeal face. It's okay. Yeah, so more like a pizza face. Wesley! Morning, family. Oh, knock it off. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down because I stepped on it. I take it you're getting ready for tonight. Yeah, and I'm getting real good, too. Pretty soon my lips won't move at all. Yes, and neither will the rest of you. Oh, yes, Wesley feels like because he's got the puppet on his hand that he can insult Heather. Like, no, that is not going to fly with George. Like, apologize to your sister. And he's like, I'm sorry, I called you an oatmeal face. I should have called you a pizza face. And he runs out of the room as Heather chases after him. Like, <sighs> And then we get a shot of... Wesley as Mr. Belvedere singing London Bridges Falling Down. <laughs> as Mr. Belvedere comes in, like, oh, are you ready for tonight's recite, um, talent show? And Wesley's like, yep, pretty soon, my, pretty soon my lips won't move at all. And Belvedere's like, yes, and neither will the rest of you. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip as Kevin comes in and Belvedere's like, oh, no dress, huh? And... 
I'm kind of hoping that Kevin does divulge a little, delve a little bit into his dilemma and how he's feeling about this party tonight and the fact that he's got to bring this girl who's ugly and he really likes Audrey. Not, not in that way, you know, just as a friend, but, you know, he's just feeling the pressure to get into this frat. So I want to play this clip. I laid out your mother's pink taffeta. I don't have to do that anymore. Oh, you've been accepted into I Hate a Pie? <laughs> it's Phi Ate a Pie. And no, not yet, but I'll be a shoo-in after the dance tonight. Oh, that reminds me. Your friend Carl called while you were in the shower, and he told me to tell you that the Bulgarian said yes, and he could rent a horse trailer if you want to double. <laughs> Thanks. No need to explain. Good. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere, have you ever heard of a geek party? You mean like the Republicans? No, see, it's part of my initiation. All the pledges are supposed to bring the worst-looking girl they can find. That's despicable. Who are you taking? Well, I didn't want to take anybody. But I met this girl, Audrey, and this guy, Dwayne, mentions a party while she's standing there. So now, if I don't take her, she'll be hurt because she'll think I don't like her. But if I tell her she shouldn't go because it's a geek party, she'll still be hurt because she'll think I think she's a geek. So I, I, I figure the best thing to do is to take her, not tell her, hope she doesn't notice, and hope nobody notices her. I may go upstairs and lie down. <laughs> Kevin, you can't do that to people. It's just not right. Come on, Mr. Belvedere. It'll be fine. I mean, we'll stay ten minutes. She won't get her feelings hurt. And I'll get to be in the fraternity. Yes, Kevin, I'm sure everything will work out perfect, but just as these things always do for you. So, Kevin does kind of open up about that. He just wants to get into the fraternity. He figures he and Audrey will stay ten minutes. No one looks at her and everything. She won't know that she's at a party for unattractive women, and he'll be a shoo-in to get into the pie add a pie, whatever they're called, um, fraternity. And Belvedere kind of says, you know, Kevin, you cannot do that to a person. And it's almost like Kevin is, like, trying to justify his actions. Like, don't worry, Mr. Belvedere, it'll be fine. And Belvedere just walks away. He's like, well, I hope this works out. Like, it seems to supposedly work out when you always do stuff like this. Or, you know, in situations where you get yourself into trouble. It's like, yeah, he knows. He's been around Kevin for over three years now. He knows these situations that he gets himself into. He usually lands in deeper and has to have someone... (laughs) you know, help him fix the issue, or he learns a very valuable lesson. Come on, Heather. You better get ready. We'll miss your brother's talent show. I'm not going. Oh, come on, kitten. It'll be fun. Right, Belvedere? I'm not going either. I'm all ready to go. Is everybody excited? Yeah, honey, we're very excited, because we know that you are going to entertain us and all the other mommies and daddies in an amusing, yet socially responsible way, right? Oh, sure I am, Mom. But I don't know about him. (laughs) 
So, George and Martha, Marcia come down the stairs, like, all right, come on, Heather, time to go to your brother's talent show. And she's like, I'm not going. And George is like, come on, kitten, it'll be fun. And Belvedere is all, like, over in the chair with the paper, and he's like, I'm not going either. So, Wesley comes down with the puppet, and Marcia's like, hey, honey, we're all ready to go to your talent show. And we know that with all the other mommies and daddies there, your show is going to be very respectable, socially acceptable. And Wesley's like, oh, yeah, I just don't know about him. It's like, um, I can see this going very badly, and that puppet is going to be decapitated by the time that the talent show is over. So they walk out the door, and of course, Heather grudgingly gets up and follows. Now we get to the party. So, Carl's dancing with the shot put girl, and she's, like, really, really tall, muscular, short hair, and <laughs> it's kind of comical. And now Kevin's like, oh, we made it, let's get out of here. It's like, he wants to do a one and done, like, let me get in, get out without anyone getting hurt. He's like, hey, we made it, let's go to a movie. And... Audrey's like, well, Kevin, we just got here. She's not wearing her glasses or anything. She looks really pretty. She's not wearing overalls. She's got some nice pearls, a nice blue blouse, skirt, all that stuff. And I think the guy who is in charge of the frat, who looks like a knockoff Mark Paul got Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, Brings us one girl who, is this supposed to be Nancy Cartwright? I think her name might be Gwen. So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> See, I told you it'd be boring. Uh, you want to go to the movies? Kevin, we just got here. Hello, Owens. Hi, Dwayne. Audrey, right? <laughs> Glad to see you finally came to a census. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh, you guys all know Gwen? Hi. Hi. Gwen's majoring in agriculture. But you probably already guessed that, huh? Uh, listen, we're gonna go mingle. Okay, you kids have fun. And remember, the trough's open if you get thirsty. What's with them? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Hey, uh, how about a dance? Sure. <laughs> oh, have a little break, huh? Sure. You know, you don't have to dance with me every time. You could ask somebody else. Uh, why would I want to? You know, if you hadn't brought me here, I'd probably be at the library where I usually am on Friday nights. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm having a really nice time. You want some punch or something? Oh, I'll get it. You rest up. We're gonna dance some more. Hey, Kev. Oh, hey, Carl. How's it going with Katrina? I'm not sure, but I, I think we're engaged. We go upstairs now. Play hide the babushka. knockoff guy is making some rude comments about, oh, if you guys get hungry, there's a trough over there and saying that his date Gwen is like in agriculture, majoring in agriculture or something, and then kind of gives her a noogie on the head, like, but you could probably tell that by looking at her, like, 
And Audrey picks up on this right away. Like, what is his deal? Like, she can see this guy's a chauvinistic dick. Because she met him in the library. And I'm sure she's like, well, this guy was not like this when I saw him at the library. So what is his problem? And Kevin kind of is like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Let's dance. They dance. And then... They kind of take a break, and she tells him, like, you know, usually if you hadn't if you hadn't asked me, I'd be at the library right now studying, which I'm usually doing on Friday nights. And she's like, I'm really happy you brought me here. She kisses Kevin on the cheek, and he, oh, the guilt is setting in big time. She heads over, Audrey heads over to get some punch, and, um... Katrina, I believe, is the um, the shot put girl, the muscular girl, and Carl comes over to Kevin, like, he asks, like, how's it going with Katrina, and Carl's like, oh, I think we're in- engaged, and Katrina comes over and grabs Carl by the arm, says, let's go upstairs and hide the babushka, like, as in, she wants to get down to fuck, <laughs> and he's not going to have a say in them. Like, you're going to fuck whether you want to fuck or not. So now we're going to get to... Audrey's going to learn what this party is. Because she's oblivious. Kevin has not said anything. But Gwen is a pro at this. She is. She always goes with somebody. It's just... And she knows what kind of party is. She don't give no fuck. She does not care. A party is a party to her. She knows it's a big joke. And Gwen, I looked it up, is Nancy Cartwright, who does the voice of Bart Simpson from The Simpsons. So I'm going to play this clip. Oh, hi. It's a real nice party, huh? Yeah, it's all right. It doesn't touch last year's, though. One of the pledges brought a real pig. Um, Dwayne seems real nice. How long you guys been dating? What? You haven't figured it out yet, have you, kiddo? Figured what out? This is a Bowser ball. You know, a hog party. All the pledges are supposed to bring the biggest losers they can find. It's all a big joke. When I was first asked to one of these, I felt kind of hurt. But then I figured, what the hell? Beat sitting around the dorm all night waiting for pizza to come. Besides, these guys get enough punch in them. The girl might get lucky. So, is that mine? Hi, guys. Yes. I don't know if you kind of heard it. I can't. Maybe it's just me because I'm used to watching, you know, old Simpsons episodes and stuff. And this episode was in 87. So, and Simpsons would have been two years later in 89. So, it's like, it's almost like I'm trying to hear it. But if you hear it in the audio, I mean... But Audrey's like, oh, Dwayne seems nice. How long have you two been dating? And Gwen looks at her like, oh, sweetie, you don't know what this is, do you? This is a hog party. It's a Bowser ball, a hog party. Because she mentions how last year was someone brought a really fugly looking girl. And um, that's, the, that's the thing. The Bowser ball is the guys go and get the most unattractive girls out there. And... Yeah. So, 
Gwen even says, my first time doing this, I was hurt, you know, but then after a while, I just rolled with it, you know. And she says, get one of these guys drunk enough, you could be going upstairs with one of them, you know. She just wants to fuck some frat guy. <laughs> um, you know, in hopes that maybe she'll get lucky. I and mean, Anyway, um, Aud Audrey's shocked. She cannot believe what she's hearing. Like, I can't... So, Kevin comes up, and at first I thought, is she going to throw the drink? I thought, the way that she was holding that cup of punch, she was going to throw it in Kevin's face. No, Dwayne came up, and Audrey threw it in that guy's fucking face. And I was like, fuck yes! Fuck yes! The guy's a piece of dog shit. He deserves that. I would have fucking punched him in the balls to boot after throwing the punch in his face. Um, so now we're getting to the aftermath. Uh, Audrey is in the library. She's got a book open. She's really upset, and Kevin sees her. And, yeah, words are gonna be said. She's very hurt and very angry. Hi. I had a feeling you'd be here. Look, Audrey, I feel real bad about what happened. Fine, forget it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have our homework to finish. Come on, Audrey, you gotta believe me. I didn't really want to take you to that thing. Oh, what happened? Godzilla stand you up? Look, it's just, we were sitting here, and Dwayne came over, he started shooting his mouth off about the party, and, and you looked hurt because I wasn't taking you. I didn't know what else to do. You know, it's funny. I mean, I'm walking around the party thinking, hey, except for Dwayne, I'm the prettiest one here. Such a jerk. No. No, you're not. Oh, don't worry. I'll get over it. Every dog has his day, right? So I guess I'll have mine. Come on, Audrey. You're not a dog. You think I am? No, I don't. I think you're a really nice person. Someone I like being with. Is that why you looked up at me the very first time? No. I looked at you because I thought you might be someone I could take. Thanks for being honest. That's anyway. not why I kept seeing you. Yeah. That was for my homework. All right. <laughs> Look, it's okay. I mean, I, I guess you being honest makes it easier for me to believe some of the other things you said. The nice things. Yeah, and I meant them. <laughs> gets up and starts walking away from him. And he follows her and he, he's like, I apologize, I didn't want to take you to this damn party, but Dwayne showed up in the library and he was shooting his fucking mouth off and I didn't know what else to do. It's almost like well, and the fact that he said that you felt bad that I wasn't taking you to this party, so it's almost like it, it, it sounds like is he trying to, like, make an excuse for his actions? Or is he trying to throw the blame onto her? Like, oh, you felt bad because you weren't, I wasn't taking you. And that, or, I don't know. And she just says that, 
the, you didn't even look at the first time you looked up at me and, and noticed me. Is it because you actually noticed me or is it because you wanted you saw me as someone you could take to a party? And he says, yes, that's exactly it. And the, she says, then why did you keep coming back? What, for my brain? So I could do our homework? To, as in, so she could do all the work and everything like that? And, you know, Kevin's not that smart and everything like that when it comes to studying. So he probably was using her a little bit for the work. And, you know, he, he just... She says that she believes, you know believes him a little bit for what he's saying, but because he also did say nice things about her too. So he, she kind of forgives him. Um, she mentions, Oh, I got to pick up my trophy. He's like trophy. And she's like, yeah, um, we had a thing going in the chemistry lab with whoever can find the dumbest lab partner. So she kind of, she kind of screwed him over. Not nearly as bad as he did. That was just plain cruel, him taking her to that party. But at least they kind of made up and everything like that. So that's good. Kevin learned a lesson. Now he's going to come and talk to Mr. Belvedere. So I'm going to play that clip. Hey, Mr. Belvedere. Hello, Kevin. How was your evening? Don't worry, it was a total disaster, just like you thought. Oh, I can't take all the credit. I'm sure you did your part, too. <laughs> anyway, I decided not to join that stupid fraternity. I figure, why hang around with people who bring out the worst in you? Yes, that's the way I feel about Wesley. <laughs> what is it with me, Mr. Bovedere? I mean, every time something goes wrong, I always say, okay, whoa, that's it. I'm never going to screw up like that again. But I always do. I know, it's frustrating, Kevin. But you do learn from these experiences, and I'm sure someday, when a difficult situation will present itself, you will do exactly the right thing. You really think so? Well, maybe not in my lifetime. <laughs> and probably not in yours, either. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> well, how is Wesley's little talent show? He started insulting all of us, but everything's okay now. <laughs> oh, my. What happened to the rest of me? A certain person didn't like my joke, so they pulled me off stage and tore you limb from limb. George, don't you think that was a bit extreme? She did it. And he pretty much says, Belvedere, everything you said that would happen tonight happened. And I feel so stupid. You know, every time I say I'm not going to, like, mess up again, I always end up doing this. Am I ever going to really learn my lesson and be able to make the right decisions? And Belvedere kind of was like, well, you know, maybe not in my lifetime. And then he kind of starts to walk away. And then he looks back at Kevin and is like, well, not in your lifetime either. It's like, it... I think as you get older, because Kevin is, you know, he's a teenager. He's 18, nine, probably 19 by now if he's going to college. Um, and it takes, you know, even me sometimes, I'm like, I wonder why I sometimes would make the same mistakes over and over again. Like, you think you would learn from your mistakes, but I just sometimes they just present themselves in a different way. I don't know. 
Um, Belvedere goes into the living room, and the family comes back from the talent show. And Wesley comes in, and his dummy is decapitated. And Belvedere looks at George, and he's like, George, how could you? And he just kind of points to, um, he, uh, thumbs to Marcia next to him, like, she did it. Because Heather says that Wesley, as soon as he got on stage, started insulting them. And Wesley's like, yeah. And then somebody came back and started ripping him limb from limb. Because he's decapped. He's got no head. So. And she's like, ah. Marsha's like, okay. Well, I'm going to bed now. Good night. Like, she feels very satisfied. Something had to be done, Wes. You were pushing it too far. All right. Let's hear from Mr. Belvedere. Dateline, the Owens household. Kevin, never the quitter, is now pledging a new fraternity. At least I hope so. He left the house this morning wearing a tutu and combat boots. As for Wesley, through some Frankensteinian technique, he's managed to put me back together again. And he's now resumed tormenting the household. But not to worry. Next time he gets on my nerves... I've got a little something of my own up my sleeve. <laughs> Hello, Wesley, you insufferable little sponge head. Well, turns out Kevin decides to supposedly pledge a different fraternity as he walked out the door that morning in combat boots and a tutu. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Wesley managed to put that dang dummy back together again, and now he's tormenting the- I would have said, Wesley, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done with this thing. Get it the fuck out of my house. I don't want to see it. Do something else. And <laughs> Belvedere rigged up his own little Wesley dummy, which is kind of cute. So, yeah. Um, let's see. For this episode, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a three out of five teacups. The two things, I did not like Dwayne, and I did not like Kevin bringing that girl or Audrey to the party. That was just cruel. But then again, if he hadn't, we wouldn't have had a plot to this episode. Um, see, I thought the dummy was cute at first. Um, I liked Kevin and Audrey's talk at the end. They kind of squared things off. Things were good. And uh, Nancy Cartwright's appearance. That was pretty cool. It's almost like I did kind of like, can I hear it? Can I hear the Bart Simpson in her? But not yet. No. So, um, as far as for, um, Mr. Belvedere's Biscuit Bites, seriously, don't make a dummy of a family member and try to impersonate them. That's just mean and cruel and be creative and do something different. Um, as far as in Kevin's case, do not be given to temptation. If a, a fret is asking you to do something that you are completely against you don't agree with that is not a frat that you need to join join a frat that has look look for the qualities in a frat that you would look for in yourself or someone that you would want to be a friend so 
that's all I got to say about that. Um, and like I said, I will probably pick up Mr. Belvedere in, in, uh, to, in 2019. So I still got, um, some other, the, the counselor episode, I'll do that next year. And like I said, I also want to go through a little bit of season two that I missed and season three, just, you know, episodes here and there, just so it's not just completely character-based, which it is kind of nice. I do want to do the chosen episodes that I've gotten, that I've picked out, but also other ones as well. So look forward to that. More Mr. Belvedere in 2019. Have a great, great Monday. I hope this makes your Monday better. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.